Hey, welcome to the Hey, Okay, Ha, Happy Hour, episode 31. Thanks for joining me, us, whatever, however many people there are joining. Welcome. Um, I hope you have a drink. That's what we do on this podcast. We drink a drink. I ramble. Or in the case of this episode, we're going to have a special guest. Uh, more about more about him later. Uh, but first, um, by the way, I'm drinking a Monster Energy drink. For the first time. Never had the monster drink. I was curious. I was I associate the monster energy drink with a certain kind of person. You know, you see the monster energy logo on the back of pickup trucks. You see uh, guys that seem to work a lot. Long hours. Seem to... F- gamers? Is that another... Is that a stereotype? Gamers? You guys like your monsters? Um, never had it before, so I was curious. I said to myself, let me see what the Monster is all about. And they're all full of sugar, so is there a sugar-free option? Turns out there is. There's three colors. The red can said Monster Energy Ultra Red. The blue can said Monster Energy Ultra Blue. And the white can said Monster Energy Zero Ultra. <laughs> they couldn't have they could have the white can say ultra white. Now that'd be co-opted by Nazi douchebags and white nationalists as their drink of choice. Something about ultra white doesn't doesn't look good. So they, they switched it up there. So what did I opt for? I said, let me get one of them ultra reds. Figured it'd be the yeah, I don't want to drink a blue drink. And I don't want to drink a white drink. Those colors seem unnatural for a drink. What the fuck am I talking about? Milk is white. I guess I don't know. I opted for the red one because, uh, I don't know, why not? And my expectations were high. And boy, did it not live up to them. Tastes like fucking horse piss. How the hell do you drink this? I just started drinking it and already I feel this little creeping anxiety um, tingling up. Ah, so this, this little intro might get off the rails. I'm blaming it on the monster. Sorry I didn't uh, check in with you guys last week. I was uh, traveling. I went down to Kansas City and did a couple sets at the old, I guess not the old, the relatively new comedy club of Kansas City. And I respect the name. Everybody's asked to have a cute fucking reference to to jokes. Giggles. Is there still giggles around? Giggles, titty bits, punchline. Punchline, it's not too bad, though. Ha, ha, hot. Chuckle. What, chuckle farm? God, these guys, these guys keep it classic. Just the comedy club of Kansas City. And... Um, Shout out and thank you to the owner there, Dustin, um, absolute mensch, putting a guy, putting a no-name newcomer like me up there. Um, I did well, uh, all things considered. Never want to be the guy that says I I killed, but you know, getting the old cobwebs off didn't do didn't do too bad. So. Um, but the thing is, I, I go outside, talk over some shit with the owner, Dustin there. 
I have a little cigarette. I come back inside. All the comedians are kind of huddled by the bar, looking very morose, looking very distraught a little bit, kind of gathered around a phone. And I come and I say, what's, what's going on? What's up? And one of the comedians, character, shout out, character, the host, shows me her old phone. Missouri governor issues curfew in so-and-so cities due to the riots or the protests. And it was like, just when comedy was coming back, this shit goes down. And um, I know it sounds fucking trivializing it to make it about that, but it was just a kick in the balls and the whole thing. The whole fucking thing. After the murder, or rather the... It looked like an execution. That motherfucker was executed in broad daylight with cameras on. It's like it was a it was on purpose to piss people off. I don't know. The timing's fucked up. Just as the COVID narrative was losing legs, this fucking thing happens. Um, and it's not like it's this one thing either. This is there's a lot of frustration that, you know, it's not just George Floyd. This shit has been, we're we're almost numb to it. There's like, some people are numb to it, and some people refuse to believe it's a thing. And what worries me is it's continuing the path towards authoritarian police state. Stop me if you've heard this one before. I feel like I've been beating this horse to death for the last three months but it's um, I, I believe it feels as if we're being pushed nudged towards civil war purposefully by the because think about it when our when we go invade other countries and we want to lock their country down and kind of manage their populace what do you do you divide and conquer Right, we uh, we foment civil war. Oftentimes, we will will arm both sides. It feels like that's what's happening to us right now. And what's weird is that COVID succeeded in getting the left on board with the police state. It was the left just up ten days ago. It was the left saying. If you go outside, you're going to kill old people. So shut up and stay inside. And we'll call the National Guard if we have to to keep your ass inside. We're saving lives. And now they're the ones out protesting. Now the right wing, who before was saying, it's freedom. we got a tyrannical government. you got to let us go outside. Now they're the ones saying, stay inside and stop looting and vandalizing windows. And so all of a sudden, they're the ones siding with the seemingly tyrannical government and so what it is doing it's building a bipartisan consensus around martial law and even with these protests every side is being told that the protesters are actually their opposition so liberals are being told that the protesters are like Ku Klux Klan right-wing 
instigators. And the right wing is being told the protesters are all a bunch of anarchist, Antifa radicals. So both sides are kind of like, well, we got to get the police to get rid of, clean this shit up. And what no one wants to consider is the possibility that all this, a lot of this looting and a lot of this vandalism is being perhaps carried out by law enforcement, by agent provocateurs. You've seen the videos, right? You've seen the rumors, or not even the rumors, you've seen the pictures of pallets of bricks being left in riot zones. And it could be anybody who's interested in chaos, but takes a certain degree of organization and foresight to, to do that. So I, I came back from Kansas City Sunday, and uh, as I got into Sioux Falls, the protest here was mounting, and it was a big protest. I would, I would imagine thousands, you know, three to 6,000. It was not measured in the hundreds Um uh, I'm at a bar on kind of the main business street in uh, in Sioux Falls. And the protest walks by, or walks by, marches by. And they t- they're taking up the entire width of the, uh, of the road. And the police are escorting them. And I texted, I had on my family text group message. I said, uh, it's being handled well. Um, police are marking off intersections as if it were a parade. Protesters on their best behavior. And it was almost uh, it was almost moving how how well behaved everybody was. The police were in plain clothes; they weren't in riot gear. They had uh, ladies, lady police officers along the way. You know, these aren't big fucking seven feet tall armor guys and on fucking horses. And People are hugging, people are, it it just looks like a a, a very cliche, non-violent, peaceful protest. It continues along the thoroughfare. I get in my, I think to myself, I want to kind of be around in case shit goes down and have my camera available. Because God knows whenever there's mass protest, there's usually some kind of clash. And it's he said, she said, what the fuck started it? Why don't we have some eyes on the ground and verify? So I drive on down, further down the road. Come to find out, the police escort is escorting them to the Empire Mall parking lot. Empire Mall is the biggest mall in Sioux Falls. Probably the biggest mall in South Dakota. Insert joke here. But then I texted on the group family text. I said, I, I, the police are escorting them to the the Empire Mall parking lot. I do not like where this is going. Sure enough, I get there. Uh, it's not long before I smell a little tear gas, and I got the fuck out of Dodge. Now, when I got the fuck out of Dodge, there were no windows broken that I saw. And the next day, it was reported, and you know the police did their thing: flash bang grenades, uh, rubber bullets, and. Uh, tear gas, or or CS, whatever that other gas is, and dispensed the crowd. And then the story was that they were preventing looting, or vandalism. 
There was like three windows that were broken. Rudolph's shoes, Riddle's jewelry, and Chico's. And what's weird is there was not much, if any, looting. There were broken windows. Now I'm putting on my conspiracy cap here, so bear with me. But let's say you were a vandal looter, right? Like a diamond store or a shoe store. Are you just going to break the window? Nobody went in and fucking grabbed something? Okay. Again, my conspiracy hat on. It seemed possible that the police broke those windows and tried to honey dick the protesters into looting. And either the protesters didn't notice it or they refused to loot. And I think some guys broke into a Verizon store. And then later, after this protest was suppressed by the police, later that night there were, I believe, some burglaries, some looting. So what I'm saying is what allegedly instigated the police show of force, I didn't see any evidence of when I was there. And even the story afterwards seemed a little suspicious. It's, it's fucking weird. Nobody can trust anybody right now. But no matter what side you're on, rest assured, the media is going to pump you full of, of uh, divisive news stories and rhetoric. Like, so if you're one of those, if you're one of those burn it all down type of people that are super frustrated with the injustice in this country that's been going on for a while, if you're one of those burn it all down type of people, you're going to be shown stories of the worst behavior of police, uh, probably the worst behavior of white people in general, to divide it even along racial lines. And if you're one of these uh, shoot them, loot them types, you're going to be shown the worst behavior of protesters. You're going to be shown the, uh, you're going to be told sto- horror stories. Uh, even around here, they're like telling farmers and people in rural America that protesters are going to start coming into rural America. It's like, what the fuck? No, they're not. Uh, smart money's on. No, they're not. Uh, but what it does is it makes them look at what's going on in the city, this aggressive suppression, and go, good, keep keep them down. We don't want them coming over here. Everybody, Everybody's being herded into their little group. And you can't fall for it. Yeah, you got to get uncomfortable. If you're a fucking... Um, loot them, shoot them, fucking right-wing hardliner, maybe march with these people and and talk to them. Because, you know, what's fucked up is the conversations you have with them are going to jive with your experience way more than you realize. What's funny is the lockdown protesters and the people protesting police brutality are on the same side. They just don't realize it. They're both protesting different aspects of the same police state okay police states they don't only shut down business and tell people they can't gather and get rid of church gatherings and and find people they also murder their own citizens in broad daylight and shoot rubber bullets at them when you speak up about it it's all part of the same apparatus and yet the lockdown protesters who are associated with the right right or wrong accurate or not, and the protesters who are associated with the anti-police brutality are associated with left-wing, 
right or wrong, accurate or not. They're on the same fucking side on this. But they're being gerrymandered into not only not being on the same side, but potentially fighting. I mean, it doesn't seem that far-fetched anymore to, to, to suggest in a year or two, if we don't get our shit together, uh, we could be embroiled in a, God, I hate to say it even out loud, a civil war or something approximating that, where citizens get violent towards their fellow citizens. And both sides think they're justified. And both sides think that the government's going to help their side, but they're not. It's just going to further centralize authoritarian control, and you'll have less and less rights and fun. But that's the uh, that's a negative, cynical take on it. But land a little optimistic note here before we get to old Jasper Hesselink. Uh, what also is happening is people are becoming aware about things very uh, quickly. Uh, there's an accelerated learning path, curve, whatever you call it, that's happening right now. When you learn new things, it's not, it doesn't feel good, right? When you first learned that stoves are hot, it wasn't a good experience. We're learning a lot right now. Everybody's learning a lot. We're, getting, we're like a puppy getting our, our face shoved in a pile of poo on the living room rug, and um, it's creating a lot of depression and anxiety, but at the end of the day, we could, if we learn from this and build from it and avoid stuff like this from happening in the future, this could ultimately be uh, the kick in the ass we needed. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had to sacrifice a few lives, but, no, I'm joking, but there is a there is a potential to, to make this a good thing. Right? Is that just the monster energy drink talking? The fucking ultra red? I feel like I'm doing an ad for them. Don't buy their shit. It's probably... All this shit went... Our country started to go to hell the second monster energy drinks became popular. I don't think that is a coincidence. When these these men stopped, stopped drinking coffee, started drinking these fruity, carbonated energy drinks out of cans, the whole country started going to shit. All right, we have a guest uh, this episode. Um, he is a, well, I met him 15 years ago. He's a lead singer of a psych, what would you call it? Kind of a psychedelic bluesy band out of the Netherlands called No Man's Valley. I believe they're on uh, Apple Music and Spotify probably. But I met Jasper 15 years ago when he was a, a DJ in the Netherlands and uh, singing for another band. And I was studying abroad in the Netherlands when I was in college. I know what you're, what, what you're think, thinking. Thinking? Thinking? Thinking. Of course you were, Matt. Of course you were studying abroad in the Netherlands. You cliche stoner fuck. Guilty as charged. I was over in the Netherlands studying abroad there. And... There, it was a foreign exchange program, like a, a literal foreign exchange program, where my University of Iowa would send over a student every semester, and they'd send over a student over to us for, for a semester. And so I go over to the first semester, fall of 2005, and the old whatever headmaster of the four or whatever program in 
the Universität of Radboud, Radboud Universität. I uh, said, I want to introduce you to this fellow. He's going to come study at your university next semester. He'll show you around the Netherlands. Maybe he, you can show him around uh, Iowa there next spring. I said, fine, I, I guess. I think he's probably some douchebag Dutchman. Um, but no, he's a good guy. We, we hit it off. This is during the Bush administration, the first Bush administration. So we were uh, very uh, on the same page politically as far as our aversion to the Iraq war and the Bush administration. And all that seems kind of quaint nowadays with where we're at. Um, but what's interesting is we don't, thinking about it, we didn't really agree on much. He's a vegan. He, he, uh, he's a communist. I don't know if he's a communist. I call him a communist just to give him shit. But he's certainly not an anarcho-capitalist. Um, but yet we get along. And as you'll see in this uh, interview, we don't agree on everything. But we sure as shit um, give one another the benefit of the doubt. Because we both know both of our hearts are in the right place. And isn't that what's the most important? Uh, this was uh, We recorded this on, on Skype right before, or just as the protests were, were getting to a head in Minneapolis. Hence the, we don't really address it. So this is my conversation with Jasper Hesselink. Yes. So you oh, cannot sneakily record me yes. if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm American. I, I respect privacy. Right. <laughs> How the hell you been? What, what are you What are you doing right now? Are you are You at home? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a teacher, so I teach at home. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not a regular teacher anymore because I. Uh, I decided I didn't really like that enough, so I'm a coach now. I coach kids. I basically trick them into believing that they want to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you use uh like reverse psychology yeah well I, basically i tell them hey i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> like dating yeah. like dating women right yeah so hey i really don't care hey so uh may, maybe you should i don't know or not i don't care <laughs> and then and then, and then usually they, they want to do something and then i i kind of help them with that yeah what age group is this? Uh, I do the exam classes here on the upper level. So they're 14 till 18, 19. Oh, so they're like the tough, the tough kids to deal with. It's like, actually, actually 12 to 13 is probably the worst age, right? The, the, the in-betweeners are the worst because yeah. they, they don't have any perspective yet. They think they're, they're big kids, but they're not. Yeah. And and they don't have anything to work for yet because it's too far away. Uh-huh. So, so, th- so those are the hardest because they, they're like, I don't give a fuck. Give me a reason why I should. And then I'm like, yeah, well, I don't have any. <laughs> you got me there. By the Go way, out and play. <laughs> it's probably too early for you to drink, but uh, I figured I'd get a Heineken. Don't, don't drink at nine in the morning. No, usually not. Well, I don't know, man. You, you Dutchman. You guys at least we'll have a beer during lunch, or is that more of a German thing? Yeah, or French? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like um, we have this saying: Is it 
tien over bier yet. And then it's like tien over vier, so four o'clock. Four ten past four. Ten past four. Yeah. When it when it rhymes with beer, so fear, it's okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. We got our our version of that is it's five o'clock somewhere. Which isn't technically true, right? If it's four thirty, it's it's not five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, so well, as I said, I'm really bad at time zones, so there's a, there's I, I, a culture... I would fall for that actually. <laughs> In the US there's a cultural divide between white folks and black folks. It seems white folks start drinking early at 5 p.m. That's normal for, for white people, right? right. It's a stereotype. Black folks will wait till, you know, 9 p.m., you know? Because it, it, it kind of makes sense. If you start drinking at 5, if you want to keep drinking past midnight, that's seven hours. Right. Well, and then you have, then you have Britain where they really, really want to be hammered at 11 p.m. because then the, the pubs close. So they have this. So, so they have this drinking culture where you where you get in really early and then get hammered really quickly. Yeah. So all these all these people are really drunk, really quickly all the time. And then they can still get up and work the next day. I can't understand that though. London's like one of the I would assume one of the most cosmopolitan, greatest cities in the world. And you're telling me the bars close at 11. Well, they used yeah. to. I don't know if they still, but but it's 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 it's, it's it has become a culture. And and I, I don't think and even when the bars close later, like when they go on holiday, they'll still be hammered at eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they're always such train wrecks when they go on holidays, you know, in Spain and stuff. Makes yeah. perfect sense. So <laughs> New York will kill. It almost killed me because the bars there close at four, and for you that's probably not a big deal. But to me, it's always two. Usually in most places in the U.S., it's two a.m. Those extra right. two hours. Can yeah. really add up. What's well, it like you know, where you're at? You know, from in, Ny- in Nijmegen, I used to DJ at the at this really like it was the grimiest bar there. What's it and, called? Uh, Diogenes. I don't know, and and it it was the grimiest. But everybody knew it was the grimiest bar, so you always went there when all the other stuff was closed. And then I, so I had to save the best records for like 4 a.m. <laughs> when, the, when the when the really drunk, disheveled people would come and and, and have their final debauchery and then uh, nod their hats to Slayer if they still could. You know what? <laughs> I might have been one of them in the fall of 2005, like before. Oh, yeah. Because I remember hanging out with some of those foreign exchange students that they that they had us living with, and we would go into town. And I forget the street, but it's kind of like that open plaza with a lot of different bars and pubs. And at night, it yeah. just into, you just go from one door to the next door, different kind of style music. And um, yeah, we we were we were like right around the corner in the in the I dark bet, in the dark alley. Oh, alley. I remember the na- narrow alley where they had the uh, there was a dispensary there, or not a dispensary, a coffee shop. Yeah, more, oh. more, more, multiple coffee shops actually. Yeah, yeah. That was in the day that 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 was still a novelty for Americans. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, 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 like. I remember when I had this when I had AJ over. Uh huh. And, and we were like, like, let's let's go there. They have a menu, you know. They have a menu, a freaking menu. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a huge deal in 2006. Because in 06, so it was just catching on in California, and for most of you know, California might as well be. Oz, who the fuck goes to California, you know? Right. Um, 
but yeah, the, the Colorado propped up and then all the gates broke loose about 2010, I would say, last 10 years. Uh, thank God. Some states are still lagging behind, though. I think you're more progressive than we are now. Really? I think so, yeah. How so? Well, we still have the same thing, you know, where it's where it's delegalized. Oh, uh, but it's, so, heavily... so it's just this weird, really weird situation where it's where it's legal to buy, but it's not legal to for the shops to buy it from dealers. Uh huh. So you cannot grow it officially. So officially, it doesn't exist, but you can yeah. buy it. So this this is really weird situation, and it and it it no nobody. Um, has the guts to say this is stupid let's let's legalize it let's um let's have some taxes on it which would be a good idea let's have some regulated pot that is, that you can actually uh that you can actually test for being good i don't want a government approved marijuana though uh, well i would why but but but, but, then, but then again i still have trust in the government oh, silly boy <laughs> I know that that's where we differ. <laughs> you don't really trust the government, though. I do. Do you? Yeah. I, even when, even when, right now, there's this leaning to the right party, which I I wouldn't vote for, but I think the the prime minister does a an okay job right now. So so, yeah, I I I'm. And and also it gives me because I, 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 I've been thinking a lot about this, it it gives me a sort of sense of um, calm and and uh, yeah, it, it gives me some peace to think that I can trust them. It's and it and it's, it doesn't bother me. Oh man, well I guess if you're in a small country, that it kind of has the feeling of what a U.S. state kind of has. As far as there's a, a shared culture, it, yeah, like 50, there's, there's 17 million people in Holland, right? So yeah. that's probably an average state. Yeah, or, or New York or City. Uh, I, I, I guess it, but the idea of having a, a cross-continental empire that is coercing its population to hand over 50% of its wealth every year, that treats its population like livestock, is uh, I don't I. That's the burden of American being an American, is because on one hand, tell me if you agree with this. American culture, America, the country, forget the government. I mean, actual America, is actually pretty cool, as far as rock and roll, as far as jazz, blue jeans. Yeah, but you know why, right? Because so many different people came together. No, no, not 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 that. I guess because they they have that somewhere else, right? But I I when I was in America, I really understood why the counterculture is so cool. Why? Because they have something. They have so much to rebel against that's still relevant. Oh yeah, certainly. So so, so the the mainstream is so shitty and so broken, and and that 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 the counterculture consists of a lot of cool people like in holland people used to despise most americans like they stand they stand for so much that we are against um so americans have a negative uh stereotype um, aura whatever and um 
but, but I, I, I sort of suspected that, I mean, sure, it, that wouldn't be the case for all Americans. And, and then actually, when I went, went to America, I discovered so many people that were in the counterculture, they were really cool. They were probably cooler than most people here because here they don't have so much to rebel against because a oh, lot of people I, I, actually I, well taken care of. We don't have much to rebel against? Well, that, that we're in Holland, we're actually well taken care of. We're not a third world country. And I think America uh, portrays itself as a first world country. Well, well, actually, it treats its citizens so badly that, that they're actually a third world country right now. If you see how many people are, are being laid off with no security... That's oh, so. Yeah. That's yeah. that's like Africa, man. But it's, a, it's a police state. I mean, they're currently using this virus to enact policies that you and me probably drunkenly prophesized many times in our dystopia nightmare, right? We, I always for the last twenty years, I, I swear, like I've been watching this slow motion dissension into something like Huxley wrote about or Orwell wrote about. Well, you know, I think we differ on the on the on the on the the on the virus in that in that in that I actually believe it exists. What uh, is this? The virus. But well, I, 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 I don't but, doubt but I do, that there is an illness going going around. No, but, but it is, it's a statistical fact that there's not more dead people than there was this time last year. They're just I do classifying believe, I, deaths. I mean, it's I, it's a it's it's a pretext. I think they're disappointed that the virus isn't as deadly as they perhaps hoped, but they're no. still presenting the narrative as if it were, you know, killing hundreds of millions of people. The average age in the U.S. of of COVID deaths is a year older than the average age of death in general. These are all old people. It's, I know, I know. That's the same everywhere. But I, I do think it's a dangerous thing. However. I think in America you can see it's a symptom of something that's bad. It's that is a lot worse, and that's that the government doesn't take care of its people. Oh, that's 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 a government couldn't do anything to protect from a virus. The idea that we can rely on a government to protect against the virus is is absurd. Not 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 necessarily against the virus, but against having a problem when you're ill or having a problem when you lose your job. That's well, something that, that hospitals in the U.S. are killing these people. Um, they're killing people. What's so weird is I have family in healthcare, and these crazy cons- that what they paint as crazy conspiracy theorists online. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is they're actually right. And to watch the narrative manufacturers try to silence dissent and truth is very interesting to see, because honest doctors and honest scientists are beating the drum hard. But they're suppressed, certainly on the mainstream media, they're not going to get any air. But even they've managed to suppress these views online and on social media. And so it creates this false narrative. And from the get-go, the purpose of this was to transfer wealth from the poor and working class up to the upper class, which is what they have done. They have centralized the economy. They have, in New York City alone, 100,000 businesses have gone under. And what they want to do is just maybe write some checks to people to get them complacent. And uh, literally, protests are illegal. Uh, Mm. Human interaction is illegal in some states. And uh, it's just just straight out of 
if we had a time machine to go back to us, hey, live music would be illegal. Stand-up comedy would be illegal. Human interaction would be illegal. Spreading ideas would be illegal. would be like, what the fuck? How'd they get this done? we say, oh, they did it with a virus. Okay, sure. How many people did this virus kill? Not that many. Not right. that fucking many. But we saw FIFA Vendetta, right? It's so scary. Remember when we watched it? It was fun. It was a fun fantasy. Now it's a horror like documentary. Yeah. Do you remember the place that we that we watched it? I think we saw it at a movie theater in Coralville, Iowa. Right. City. No, no. I think it, I think we saw it in a more conservative place. It was. You it might was, have probably seen it in both places. Like, like it was. It was so so such a weird environment because. Like it was a super progressive movie, in my view, at least. I mean, we saw it in Hicks. Subversive. Yeah, and we saw it in Hicksville, Iowa. You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably Center, Iowa. No, the only way they got the only way Moore got away with it because he was British and it was like blowing up Parliament and Big Ben. You couldn't be blowing up the White House. No. And, you know, I'd have people cheering on. You could. That'd be too. That'd be going a step too far. <laughs> That's that's exactly the conversation that we were having afterwards. Having afterwards, you know, like if they would if they would have placed this in New, in Washington, yeah, yeah. they even used the virus. They even used the virus. It would be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, so, hey, I, was, I was listening to uh, your music, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, no Man's Valley, but I am biased. Like, you could give me any kind of music that's like stripped down psychedelic bluesy rock and I'm, I'm gonna love it so I, I don't i don't know if i'm the the best focus group but um how long have you been saying man uh i've been in this band since 2013. yeah and so yeah. do you uh do you write the lyrics first or do you write the lyrics or are you just the, the I singer do. I, I do I, I know you do yeah I, I have a monopoly on the lyrics people try to you know, help me, but I refuse. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Don't do shit by committee. Do you get the do you get the music first and write kind of get inspired by the music and write lyrics over the music, or do you have a lyrical idea going in? No, it's it's, it's, it's sometimes it's simultaneous. Usually, lyrics the lyrics already exist. I steal a lot. So from who? From writers I like, and like Douglas Copeland and. Uh, like Chuck Palahniuk, stuff like that. So, I so would say steal. You're, 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 you know, I actually, plagiarist. I actually do steal. <laughs> like, you're a filthy plagiarist. Exactly. That's, but, but I think if you, if you ask, ask writers and, and poets, they would, they would all admit that they would, they would, you know, plagiarize on a huge scale. You, you get inspired. It's called being inspired, but I, I also actually do steal. I have, we have a song called Boon on the time travel record and it's it's based on the novel uh, a visit from the goon squad by jennifer egan and you're not like stealing the word by word lines oh yeah yeah I, I yeah i actually i actually have where there's there's like i'm gonna edit this out i don't want to out you as a plagiarist you'll I don't never care. be a respected lyricist oh uh, no 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 i really don't care i actually i actually um because I, I I used like two lines from that book, and then I and then and then I wrote the song around it, and I I uh, emailed it to her, to the writer, like what do you think? But she never replied, sadly. Because you're because she's like, who's this motherfucker stealing my shit? <laughs> uh, well, 
I don't know. I really but liked I it. So and, it, and, it, it, it. In this case, the lyrics are more of just because there's a kind of an atmospheric quality to the music, and the lyrics aren't like you're not supposed to hone in on them. That's not the main. It's more of creating an atmosphere with the melody and the rhythm. No, no, that's that's wrong. What you, you're stealing the lyrics, and you want people to think that these are deep thoughts that you're putting it out there of your own. Exactly. You are a total fraud. I'm glad you're playing the <laughs> character. Well, not all of them. For instance, like Kill the Bees, I, 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 I totally made those up myself. That was know. a prophecy of the murder hornets. Exactly. No, it's actually, it's actually, the idea is actually from Douglas Copeland's uh, Generation A, where the bees die, and then you have this dystopia the bee, afterwards. Like, this is the insect bees? Yeah. Yeah, so if you kill all the bees... We will probably all uh, get ex- go, go extinct because Did you hear they're about the murder hornets. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know, oh. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, so the bees go extinct and then dystopia. Yeah, because you know, no honey, and shit, and no, no yeah. plants, no fruit. Right. And uh, well, I think that that's that's stuff like stuff like that is really is really happening right now. Yeah. And 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 you know you don't know that when you shop at Walmart and just fill your cart. Did you know the virus? Did you know the virus can't get into Walmart? Oh really? No, That's it convenient. can't. Oh no! All the WalMarts are open, and all the they've been open the entire time in every city in America, and um, yeah, it doesn't affect big box stores, just cool. small mom and pop owned businesses. They got to shut down. Yeah, you know what? Piles of Walmart employees. There should be like dead bodies of Walmart employees everywhere. Not not a single one can get sick, even though they're fucking seventy. Yeah, you know, but that's 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 a real concern, Uh, especially the the way that you know big big company capitalism is a real concern of mine. The fact that 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 they would be the only ones left in a couple of years. Well, yeah. they're that, basically that's, government. That's really dystopian because because you know if you see if you see the 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 way wealth is um, how do you say that divided, and if you see that the, the people that have actually profited over the last couple of months, it's all those people. Everybody orders from Amazon at home. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and everybody uses Facebook a lot more. So yeah. so. So it's but these are all caused by they, governmental they, agencies. Facebook and Amazon are very close together with the United States government. This well, what allows them to suppress competition. Of course and they are. What's of course that? they are because, because of course they are because your 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 political system and the way that for instance the the election work has has so much to so so linked to money. The the, the wealthiest person would win. Yeah, but it's so, all government created. For example, we have two parties. We don't have that. We don't, we don't have that. Don't, our our, our mean, elections, our, our mean, elections aren't, aren't aren't based on the the wealth. Sure, you, you guys hide it a little better. But in America, <laughs> there's two parties. But the reason there's two parties is because the government pays those two parties. They literally take taxpayer money, and they give that money to only those two parties to fund their campaigns. They're called federal contributions. I mean, it's so. In other words. The government is propping up these two corrupt parties. The government yeah. is propping up these corporatists. When people blame the free market, 
for some of these shenanigans. It's actually the antithesis. It's the exact opposite of a free market. Free market is when government's not involved. When you have government working together with giant corporations to suppress the opposition, that's not a free market. Corporations would not exist in a free market. A corporation is a government fiction. It's a, it's a designation, it's a legal definition invented by a government to avoid an individual from ever being held accountable. Corporations don't exist. They only exist because of government. So if we got rid of all governments and we made individuals responsible, we would have a much more, a much better system. Because right now there's no, it's actually illegal for a corporation to not pollute. It sounds weird, but a corporation is legally bound to make a decision that will profit their shareholders. If they make any decision that will lower the profit of their shareholders, i.e. Mm. be ethical, i.e. clean up something, i.e. you know just what humans do when they're individually more moral, they can't do that legally. So this government fiction is like this monster that government created that uh, externalizes all of its costs in the yep. name of power. Sorry. Uh I, I can see that that's happening now. I, I don't know if if you if you take government out of the equation that everything would be all right because I don't really believe that the majority of people are capable of making the right decision. Nobody's capable of making the right decision. No, nobody is capable of making. You're exactly right. That's why you can't give anybody power. You're exactly right. No, but, but there, there's this idea around that the common people don't understand, but these people we call government officials suddenly have this magical ability that makes them immune from whatever, you know, from selfishness, from greed. That's the exact reason why we can't give any power to any centralized group of people, I don't think if, if it's translated into English yet, but you should really read the book uh, by Rutger Brechman. That sounds uh, like you just threw up. Rutger Brechman. <laughs> uh, he... I'll, 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 I'll app you to... Is he some uh, filthy communist? No. He's actually... Um, he's he's uh, a founder of, a, of an alternative media source, news source. Well, they're not, they're not news. They're more opinions on news. And he wrote this book, and the title is uh, The Meeste Mensen Deugen. So that would mean uh, most people uh, are okay. And and it and it is a it's like a rewriting of history, where he focuses on the, the misconception that uh, most people are evil, and like and he actually and they would, would actually say you know actually most people aren't evil some people are evil, uh, maybe but uh, most evil actions uh, uh, are, are blown out of proportion and and most people would actually do the right thing if you would give them the, uh, the 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 option and he would give a couple of examples from the second world war for instance and would he give examples from from sweden where they have these really harsh criminals basically walking free on an island of their own mm -hmm. without a fence uh with actual knives in the kitchen <laughs> you know uh stuff like that and and uh, and some some scientific experiments like Das Experiment, there was, it was actually a movie of of, uh, of this, uh, I can't remember his name, but it was in America, and he had this basement where in which uh, uh, he had this psychological experiment where, um, where he had the little prison, 
The prison experiment. Oh, the prison Stanford guard prison, experiment. Stephen yeah. Prince. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he actually, he actually uh, focuses on that because that was supposed to prove that people would turn evil. But it was a total rigged experiment, actually, and it was total fraud. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and a lot of people didn't want to do it anymore, and then he got angry at them and stuff. <laughs> so so, yeah, that makes you think. Like I totally agree with that. Because individuals tend to be good. I think people's that's like you see a, when a riot happens, or you know when people, maybe I don't know if it happens in the Netherlands at a soccer match. Hooligan, sure. or maybe it happens more in Britain. Right. No, no, sure, it does. It does. It even it even happened uh, it, during Corona that that we have these 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 uh, youths that are fed up with you know. Well, I wouldn't even count that because I'm, I'm I'm talking about like total random like even when they're celebratory they're happy and all of a sudden somebody does something the crowd has like this collective and all of a sudden things you would never think about doing as an individual because right. your conscience would be like that's evil all of a sudden like fuck it. Um, it's when we gather in groups that we, we, we sacrifice our, our – yeah, I totally agree. Individuals are good. Um, serial killers are bad. You know, Mass shooters are bad. Um, but if, if you count all their deaths and you count all of them, it's such a tiny percentage of, mm. of overall – Yeah, and it's, it gets blown out of proportion, and then, and then you, you're afraid all the time. And, and it's, it's – well, people should actually be afraid of traffic all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because statistically, it's it's a it's a killer. Yeah, it's a or mass. US being a fat fucking. It's a ma mass murder. Yeah, it's, it's mass Doritos are mass murder. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like they they're they're evil. They're beer, sure. Alcohol. I, <laughs> I started smoking during the quarantine like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's 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 it, it's interesting which. Uh, things are considered dangerous and which aren't. When you, if you look at the statistics, some things that are considered safe really shouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Plus, this sounds morbid, but and I've thought this way ever since I was a kid. It's not like getting old. It's just like we're, we're gonna die. And we, we we have a limited time here. Mm -hmm. Regardless, I mean. I can't go visit my goddamn grandfather in the nursing home. It's like, why? He's 91. He's got cancer. We got to squeeze another 18 months in the nursing home. Why can't they let us <laughs> fucking die? Who gives a fuck? I mean, he's 90. We, right. Let him choose. What do we sacrifice? <laughs> I don't know. But what can you do in the Netherlands right now? Like, is it our businesses opening back up? Can you go outside? Is it? Yeah. Well, um, yes. Uh, I actually, I actually uh, quite enjoy this whole thing because I, I get, I get to spend more time at home. I don't have to commute to my work. It just it saves me like three hours. Um, uh, I get, I can go out whenever I want to. So I go is out. Are there clubs open? And coffee shops and shit. I, I've, coffee shops are open. Uh, the restaurants aren't open, but you can uh, get the food out. They do takeaway. Um, uh, I yeah I, mostly I, I walk the walk the dogs a lot and uh, I, I go out to the forest with my kids and we you know work in the garden we grow some vegetables nice. <laughs> like 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 it's it's not it's not bad the weather is great all the time because of global warming <laughs> yeah we don't need more ice <laughs> we need more sunshine how many how many kids do you have two. Nice. Yeah, two girls. They gotta be um, old. One of the oldest one was uh, 
is 11. Yeah, it's almost like she a goes, functional she, human. She goes to high school uh, next, uh, so after summer. High school already? Yes, man. Did yeah. you put her a uh, grade or two ahead? or? Sorry? Does high school start at a younger age in, in, in the Netherlands compared to the U.S., or are you sending her early? Because usually it's like 13 or 14. And, usually and... It's, here, it's over here, it's 12. Oh, yeah? And you yeah. graduate when you're 17 or 18? She's, she's 11. Uh, so usually you go in when you're 12, and then when you do the highest level, it's six years. Okay, so 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I did. So I was I was I started at university when I was 19. And then what city are you in right now? In Maastricht. Maastricht. What's that about? What's the vibe there? It's like the most the southernmost city, uh, city of the Netherlands. Southeast, it's, right? It's really close to Belgium mm-hmm. and and Germany. Uh, Germany is open to us, but Belgium is closed, so we cannot drive into Belgium. And right now that's too bad because belgium has really really cheap gas <laughs> but we, can, we cannot go there because uh, we, you're, you're heavily fined you get like 500 to 600 euro fine when you travel to belgium without a good reason uh, so it's really closed up and it's weird because belgium actually has the highest death toll and and there there are people uh, but they're when when we when they closed the bars, people all came to Holland to go to the bars, <laughs> you know. So so I don't know, I don't know what to think. They also say Belgium has the highest death toll because they count all the deaths as Corona deaths. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so so you cannot you cannot really know what is a Corona death anymore. Yeah. And and that's that's something that bothers me about the whole thing that it's it's also plays on on conspiracy theories. I mean, conspiracy theories. Like the word conspiracy theory anymore. Uh, that by the way, that that term was invented by the CIA to discredit any criticism of the JFK Warren Commission. Yeah, but in its in itself, the the uh, the fact. That people were doubting JFK and 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 thinking about uh, about it that so much uh, would be good for government if they want to hide something else. So, so for instance, the FBI infiltrated the 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 alien observers and actually made a strong man, yeah. bigger to cover up. Other things that they wanted but, to, but I would, yeah, I know, I, I get the concept. I think the aliens <laughs> a good example, but I don't think the JFK so-called conspiracy theory. I mean, that was a coup d'état, and it really changed the course of this country. Some of the stuff that JFK was about was uh, pretty interesting. He could have been, you could argue, he was our last real president, good or bad. He was our last. Well, he wasn't even that progressive. Um. Depends people, what people always, always, well, he, always he made a mistake him as, against, as such a as such a liberal, but they, he he really wasn't all uh, such uh, a li- such a liberal president actually. If you they, look at and and he didn't get much done. Well, the, 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 when I say when I mean progressive, I mean he's going against the power structure. He made the mistake of going against the CIA and the mob. You can go against one or the other, but he wanted to <laughs> he wanted to go against both the CIA and the mob. Um, he also wanted to put a allegedly have us a silver backed currency with executive order. It was four or five ones in a row. Um, but really the, it was the Bay of pigs, the fucking CIA. 
he took the blame for the Bay of Pigs. CIA wants to overthrow Castro, so he's telling Kennedy, hey, we're going to fucking uh, arm these, you know, the story, we're going to arm these rebels in Cuba, send them on over, and start a revolution against Cuba, which is illegal, by the way, but don't worry, we're going to do this secretly with the CIA, who gives a fuck, we're above the law. Yeah, they uh, did it all the time. Yeah, yeah, they still mm-hmm. do it all the time, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, and by the way, this shit they're doing in the U.S. is also the CIA. But they control all of our media. That's what people don't realize. Operation Mockingbird. Uh, the CIA controls our media. And um, funny, Bill, Hicks, Bill Hicks has, that's such a cool, cool thing about that. That's still relevant. You know, like um, how can you tell? Like they were bombing Iraq. Oh, how could you tell? How, how can you tell that they had these weapons? Well, um. We looked at the receipt. <laughs> we sold them those weapons. We're like nope. Jack Palance in the movie Shane. <laughs> yeah. I got to see that movie so I can appreciate the reference. I haven't even seen that damn movie. God it's a classic, damn. though. Um, but yeah, what the fuck were we talking about? What were you talking about? What, how do we get on this? I don't know. See, I may I, or may not have spoken an apple but right before the, the Skype. Huh? I may, or, I may or may not have smoked an apple. An apple? Is that nice? You know, you put the little key in it. You put your little, your little herb. That's my medicine, Jasper. All right. How's your herb intake? You probably you Dutchman. You don't smoke herb past the age of fourteen. Well, I do from time to time. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I. Like last year, I was, I was a little bit more stressed. I tend to, I, I was like, why, why, why wouldn't I? I mean, it's, it's kind of nice sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go through the hassle. I, I think I have this, I, I, I don't really like that it still has this illegal vibe to it. It does. Yeah, it's it's, it's, totally, it's totally not okay to do it. You know, even if it's legal, and 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 well, that's the, the social whole, stigma. Yeah, that's the whole thing, you know. If if you if you drink like a half a liter of of whiskey in your backyard, nobody cares. But if you smoke like a super small joint and people sniff it, they're like, hmm, you're frowned upon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I I get paranoid easily, so I don't really like that. I would I would like it if if it was the same. You can actually walk the park and and smoke a joint. If if when you're a teenager, you don't care, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, when I got kids, you got a family. When, when, you, when you're you older, you do you? actually do care a little, and and you you shouldn't, but you still do. Oh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really like that should. about it. So yeah, I drink whiskey, I guess. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not not even that much. Well, I've been drinking way too much during this shit. What kind of whiskey do you drink? American whiskey or no. Irish? No Scottish whiskey, like like the oh the, the single single malt stuff, you know. If I can get my hands on it. Do you have a separate word for that in Dutch? Do you, or you call everything whiskey? We call that Scotch. I it's believe. called it's probably called Scotch when it's when it's only a, uh, when okay. it ends with a Y, and it's an American whiskey when it ends with E Y or Irish. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't I don't even know that much about it. I have a, a, our bass player in the band has like a wall of single malt whiskeys. He's like a, a connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many guys are in your band? You got a drummer? Uh, we how have, many we guys? You got a drummer, bassist, guitarist, and you. It's a foursome? 
No, five. We have a keyboard player as well. Oh, yeah. I heard a little organ there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the coolest guy. If he wasn't in the band, I wouldn't have joined them. Yeah? Why is that? He's just a good good hang? No, well, also, but he's, he's like, he gives it this unique layer. And, and, and they're also the, usually keyboards are, are a little bit of a uh, layer underneath in the mix. And we and we make it we make him a full member of the band, so uh, he's he's just as important as the guitar nice. in our band. So so, and and he makes it. But when I joined the band, they 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 sounded a little bit like the Kinks, and and more like the Kinks and the Beatles and the Doors a little bit. And when I joined the band, I I drew much in a more to a much darker place, like. I don't know if you know Woven Hand. This is like uh, I don't know, no. It's like a 16 horsepower uh, front man. He's like super religious, creepy guy, <laughs> and he has this, he has this folk project that is really, really dark and awesome. And he's like, like a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like eat. dark Christian rock or dark Christian psych. Yeah. Electronic. Yeah, but, what is it? No, it's 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 like dark americana country and but but on the last album, albums it's even darker it's almost metal they're they're on they're on death wish records which is like a hardcore label and they're american yeah yeah what, what are they called again woven hand woven hand yeah i gotta, I gotta get up to speed i haven't i don't know what the fuck's going on sure. in music and we get we also get get um uh compared to murder by death okay which is like uh they're also from America they're also also like dark dark country they're like a little bit like um uh yeah what's the famous country star again which famous one how old contemporary like, no like like the, the guy oh Johnny Cash Merle yeah, Hager sure. Johnny, Johnny Cash yeah so they're like yeah. like Johnny Cash but darker darker and darker and, than the man in black right. <laughs> Yeah, the man in the man in, and there's this other American band. Where I, I I tend to like American bands a lot. Uh, All them witches, and that, that's it's become my favorite band right now. They're from uh, they're actually from Nashville. So you kind of like that country rockabilly influenced. Shit. Well, All them witches is like, is 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 basically well, we we sound a lot like them, like like Pink Floyd versus The Doors, and meeting Nick Cave somewhere. A little bit of Queens of the Stone Age, a little bit of that. Sure, I like them too. Yeah, not anymore, yeah, but right. it used to. I don't want to insult you. I don't know how you feel about them. Josh Holmes. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think a, a, a music taste is ever a, a reason to insult anybody, unless. Well, no, not even. This is coming from a former DJ. I thought that's what you guys are known for, right? D DJs are. That's like your currency. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I'm kind of done with elitism, really. Yeah, you, but you were doing it as a as a DJ. That's you got to be a, a musical snob as a DJ, right? Well, I was the worst because I I played in the basement, so I I got to play whatever the fuck I wanted, and not listen to anybody. So I I I usually didn't even do like uh, requests. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you! If you don't like it, the fuck get the fuck <laughs> out of the you, basement. Go upstairs to the hipsters." You. <laughs> hey, you're the one. You're the one that got me into Radiohead. 
I didn't want to oh, go really? to Radiohead because I, I thought they were too cool for school at first. I thought they were, but you remember? I don't know if you remember. I was uh, there in 06. He sent me a uh, burned two CDs, Kid A and OK Computer. I did that? Yeah. Oh, we burned a bunch of CDs. You're burning me a bunch of shit. Okay. Cool. And, I, I, uh, I don't remember, actually, but I, I think that's they, when I they came, kept... Me and AJ came to visit you. That oh, was right. During that, that trip. But anyway, I remember driving from Chicago to Iowa City, and it was rainy, and listening to that, and being like, this is some depressing shit. But it kind of, the fact that I remember that to this day tells you, you know, how good it is. It, the rain, I think, kind of went with the music, but then uh, yeah, I got into them, and... Kid A yeah, is awesome. His falsetto, too. I didn't want to, I, I was turned off by his falsetto, his weird little retarded alien look. You know, I was into the, the punk, the happy, angry punk rock, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Macha, my wife, she yeah. hates the shit out of Radiohead because she thinks he's, he's like this loser, creepy guy <laughs> who uh, who had, was so full of himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I don't. Yeah, I get that. But I also. But but, but, but you know, Kit A, I, I I I only recently bought a good stereo set. You know, like not even not even top class, but just good. Like uh -huh. you can hear all the all the tones, and I put in Kit A. Like loud, the first track, man, I, that was tears, man. It was this is so, oh, so full on in your face beauty. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, and still, another, still gets me. Another thing I love about them is I, I love the idea of like the feeling and the mood of different years and decades and how yeah. people capture like the Beatles captured the fucking transition from the early '60s to the late '60s. In a way that you can't really describe, but you can you listen to it. It's like, oh, I get the even like their style. Like Radiohead, Kid A came out in 2000 and it totally like captured. Okay, this is a new decade. It's a new fucking millennium, right. and it, it it totally was. It had nothing to do with Pablo Honey. Like Pablo Honey was so of the time. It was the 90s, early 90s. The grunge, yeah. like which I mm. like, I kind of was mm. more into that style of music at the time. But now, like when you go back and listen, it's fucking. We're 20 years deep into this fucking weird century. And right. enough time has passed. Like, oh, that's when shit became beep, boop, 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 computer. Well, they take everything. They take everything. They're, 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 it's super eclectic, really. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I the, actually... the, the textures of the sound, though, I think always reflect the time. Like jazz, horns. That's because car horns in the streets, in the city streets, was like a new thing, right? This is the modern era, man. This is no longer horses. There's like fucking car horns and like the music reflected that. Electric guitar was like, okay, industrial factories. And so it reflected that shit. And then computers came and then, so the music starts to reflect, I think that. Electric guitar's not cool. I finally learned how to play guitar like 20 years oh, too really? late. Yeah, like <laughs> I fucking tried to play jazz guitar and shit like, but nobody fucking plays guitar anymore. <laughs> it should I be like doing beats on Logic X and shit. I totally gave up on guitar playing. I don't, I only yeah. play by myself. I, uh, yeah, I leave that to the people that, that you know, that do it better. What, did you I, just open chords, little power chords? Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can invent a song. Yeah, that's that's what all you need as a songwriter. And I can give it to somebody else, and they'll yeah. they'll, they'll do something cool with it. And then yeah, I can I three, four, maybe five chords. Yeah. The rest, all the ornaments can be filled in by guys that don't have to worry about singing. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I, I've always been more of a performer than a real singer. That's why we cannot do a lot of shows after another because uh, my throat would just give out. 
because I, I can only sing with my emotion and then that's probably not a very good technique. <laughs> no, no, fuck that. That's the whole point of it, though. We actually the, toured, right? The whole point we, of music is to express emotion, right? We, we actually toured in, in 2016. We toured Germany, Switzerland. We went to Vienna. Went, went an eight-hour trip to Vienna and then a nine-hour trip the next day back to Germany. <laughs> but, uh, by train? No, but by car. We just had a, bu a bus. We had a van. And uh, it was really cool, but... You could you could really tell that we were thirty plus because you know like three four days in we were all crying to think about our kids. <laughs> uh, uh, we we're like, oh shit, let's well, let's never do this again. This is cool for once. We're never going on tour for more than four days ever. <laughs> well, it's 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 sweet that you love your kids though. Hey, but bring them along. You guys should uh, have uh, maybe the wives could come. Make a vacation out of it. I don't know. Right. <laughs> do you do a lot of shows in uh, Maastricht and around Netherlands? I mean, did you before this shit went down? Well, we're actually we're actually more popular in Germany. So oh, we yeah. Have, yeah, we have we have uh, we had a couple of shows set up in Germany. Also, really cool ones. Um, we're we're in the in the psych niche a little bit, which is cool. And and they, they German people appreciate the music more. Is that true? Why is that? Probably because there are more of them. So when you're in the niche, there are more people uh -huh. in the niche. So that kind of, you know, amplifies stuff. Yeah. But and also in Holland, uh, people tend to downplay everything. They're like it's, it's because a, you're from the Netherlands, though. They don't want you. They want to keep down their own. Is well, they, they do. They do that in Germany as well. But but in Holland, they they downplay everything. Like it's it's actually. It's not that bad of a trade in people, you know. You do you don't get to uh, blow your own horn that much. But for a musician, it's not a. It's it's like oh oh you you make music oh that's oh that's nice oh you have a little hobby okay, and in and in Germany you're actually a musician. They're like oh cool, you have a you have a calling or whatever, mm -hmm. and I will shut up and listen to it, and people actually do. In in Germany, they 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 actually are quiet when they listen to your music. Well, we awesome. found if we if we've discovered nothing else over the last hundred so years, Germans will shut up and listen. If somebody's speaking, they'll they'll, <laughs> they'll, get the, they'll at least hear them out. You know. <laughs> yeah. What city? What cities in Germany do you hit up? Like all of them? Yeah, did, we went to, we went to Berlin with the band. It was really nice. cool. Yeah. I've never been to Berlin. I heard it's like. Amazing. I mean, I mean yeah, we we get to play the like the really really grimy shitty places, right? But they're still that's cool. That's the real shit, though. Yeah, that's like the squatter, the the, the squatter places, that like the real leftist, you know, battalions. We actually we actually played a a place that was so full of squatters with the black jackets and everything, and they were so rowdy that we were actually kind of scared because it really isn't our audience. <laughs> we're so far, you know, we're so. I don't know. We're, we're such civilians. Like <laughs> the Angels contingency at like at uh, wherever the fuck that was. Have we, you been? We played, uh, we, we played like a like a self-containing hippie village, and then the next day we would play like punk rockers. Nice. <laughs> I could be. I could. Uh, a lot of hippie villages in Germany. 
no, that was really special. It was like way out in the woods. Like yeah, we were we were actually thinking that we were taking a wrong turn or something, and then all of a sudden we stumbled upon this, you know, meditating yoga <laughs> retreat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ever, ever in Hamburg? No. Yeah, well, I've been there myself. Not, but, not performed. But, but but yeah, would would really love to go there sometime. Yeah, I know Hamburg of like the Beatles lore of like where they started up Hamburg in the red light district. Is that city still known for having that kind of? They have the Reaper Reaper Bahn, and and there's there's a scene uh, around this football club, St. Pauli, that's really awesome. There was this band, a Swedish band called Turbo Negro. Oh yeah, (laughs) dude, I love Turbo Negro. (laughs) Yeah, and and actually the, the. yeah, the, world, man. The, the football hooligans would actually sing Turbo Negro songs. Nice. <laughs> Whoa, I got erection. <laughs> uh, oh, boys of, uh, God damn it. It was like the intro to one of those fucking Jackass TV shows. Pomperius. Boys of Pomperius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age, age of Pomperius. Yeah, Pizza today. Oh, oh, wait. I have to show you this, this CD uh, if, if you're into Turbo Negro. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back, too. This is the CD we were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that CD, for sure. This is the one you should check out. What's that? It's a, that's their newest? No, it's Kvelertak. It's a, it's a band from Norway. And they play, like, Turbo Negro rock and roll with three guitars. So they pump it up. And then they shout, like, black metal vocals to it in a, in a language that nobody understands. But it's really catchy. And and really up tempo. I think if, if if you get drunk, you can sing along. What what? How do you spell it? It's K L E R T A K. Lertak. Kvelertak. It's like stranglehold in English. Do they burn churches? Uh, as a hobby, because they have a side project that's actually uh, purely black metal. <laughs> So they burn churches on the side. <laughs> those, those Norwegians. Yeah. I'm interested in fucking Norway because there's so many Norwegian uh, people of Norwegian uh, heritage in my area. Myself, my great grandma is Norwegian, and during the late 1800s, 40 percent of the country left Norway. That's fucking crazy. Probably because it was too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's those fighting words come from a Dutchman. <laughs> well, Norway is 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 shitty expensive. I actually re- really into uh, into early black metal, so I tried to collect those those records. I wanted to uh, do an interview with uh, with one of the producers of the of most early black metal, and I actually found him on Facebook, and he agreed to do an interview, but then he never returned my questions. So that's kind of Shitty, but yeah, that's a real hobby of mine, collecting 
early black metal. Hey, um, I have to go because I have to talk to somebody that made an appointment with me. Um, but it was really, we should, we should definitely do it part two. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's been more than a, I told you a 45. Yeah, man. 54 minutes in. I'll let you get going, man. But we should do this again. It's good seeing you. Well, uh, more than once every 10 years from here on out. Yeah. Or next week. All right. Whatever. Anytime, man. Let's, let's, I know let's we don't have to run the Skype thing. We'll see if this fucking work, by the way. We'll see if it's actually recorded. But um, yeah, man. Totesians, as they say. Let's do a part two. Uh, yeah. And feel free to edit it or whatever. Or uh, that's fine. Nah, man. We'll just put it in raw. Cool. All my idiocies included. All my all my stumbling included. All your confessions of of stealing included. <laughs> I'm totally right, fine with that. All right, later, man. Yo, peace. That's been episode 31. Uh, special thanks to Mountain Mud Sunscreen. Uh, they're a CBD infused sunscreen using non nanotized zinc ingredients. Zinc ingredients or zinc ingredient. Uh, check them out at mountainmudsunscreen.com. Also, thank you to OctaneIncLLC.com. Octane Inc. specializes in motorsports, snowmobile wraps, and custom apparel. Again, check them out at www.octaneinkllc.com. I don't have the ad copy. I'm doing this off the top of my head. And Baba G DIY Edible Kits. Do you like candy? Do you like cannabis? Do you like them both together? Get yourself a candy kit and some gummy mixer at what is the fucking website again? OregonBaba.com. There, there it is. Again, that's OregonBaba.com. Thanks for joining us, guys. Well, sorry about that. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>